book of Psalms this morning will be in Psalms chapter 119, uh, Psalms 119, and we'll bring our message from this chapter this morning, and uh, for the sake of time, we'll read the entire chapter together. <laughs> Just want to see who is paying attention. Uh, Psalms uh, 119, I'll begin reading with verse number 161. And God has certainly been good to us as a church. We've got so much to be thankful for, not just this past week, but all year long that he's been good to us. Uh, but I am aware that a lot of work has gone into the previous days, and uh, I want to uh, bring a message this morning that will help us, and uh, we need what I'm going to speak on this morning. And if you're here and you're not uh, used to being in church, maybe this is your first time in uh, church in a long time or at, at all, uh, what I'm going to preach to you this morning is something to pay close attention to because uh, you must have it in your life. Uh, every child of God uh, needs to pay attention to what's being said this morning because it makes a big difference uh, in those who succeed for the cause of Christ and those who fall by the wayside. I don't know about you, I don't want to fall by the wayside. Uh, I want to I finish my race, the race that God has given me. I want to finish it. Uh, I want to be faithful uh, nobody can run it perfectly. We can't run it perfectly, and uh, we can't do that, but I can be faithful, and uh, we want to do that, and this morning should be a help to us. Psalms 119, beginning with verse 161. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee. We'll look at all of these verses this morning throughout the message, but I want us to go back to the first verse I read, 161. Princes have persecuted me without a cause. Notice this next phrase. But my heart standeth in awe of thy word. This morning, I want to look at those last few words of verse 161, in awe of thy word. Every child of God should be in awe of thy word. Uh, everyone needs to pay close attention to the word of God. I'll speak on that this morning in awe of thy word. Father, we ask you to continue to bless our service this morning. Already, I believe we've been helped by the fellowship, uh, by the music, the singing of the, of the old hymns. Father, I pray now for the next few minutes, may the spirit of God uh, empower uh, what I say, may the Spirit of God uh, work in each heart and life. And Father, if there's one unsaved, we ask that you would, uh, the Spirit of God would convict them and uh, help them to see their need of salvation. May they uh, do what is necessary to be saved, to be forgiven. That's the call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that your church would be strengthened today. Christians would be strengthened. My, our, uh, it's so evident that our homes, our Christian homes need to be strengthened. They can be. Uh, if we will take and heed to what is preached this morning, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Here's a phrase that ought to stand out to us as we read this passage of scripture, and it is our text verse this morning. 
but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. There are many things that we could see in this world that might uh, cause us to be in awe, but nothing should have us in awe uh, like the word of God should. That word awe simply means to be astonished. How many times have we approached the word of God and something that we have seen there multiple times, the spirit of God lifts it off of the pages for that time when we need it and we push back literally or uh, figuratively and we push back from the word of God in awe, astonished at what God has in his word, astonished at what his word does for us. Have you ever been in a service where uh, the, the preaching of the Word of God, perhaps uh, even this past week, and it's something that as simple as we would read, but we, we're astonished at what God does with it and how God speaks to our heart and God, God, God uses those words to, to change our outlook or to give an answer. Have you ever struggled with direction in your life, struggled with having peace about something? And yet in the Word of God, we are in awe, astonished that there it is. It is as simple as just opening God's word. It is fear mingled with admiration or reverence, reverential fear. Friend, this book is not like another book. This book should not be taken and cast aside and put on the bookshelf or, or even if I can say it, I will say it, put it on the floorboard on the way to and from church. This is God's word. Uh, another book shouldn't be placed on top of the Word of God. It shouldn't just be uh, come home from church and, and thrown on a shelf. This is the Word of God. We ought to have a reverential fear to the Word of God. If God was, was here in, in flesh this morning, do you know what He would say, what He said in this book? It's His Word. It ought to be something that we approach. By the way, that's why we don't change it. That's why we don't ignore it. Uh, that's why we don't cast it aside. There ought to be some awe of the Word of God. Our nation was a greater nation when there was awe of the Word of God. Our nation was a greater nation uh, when every day was started, whether it be around the kitchen table or in the schoolhouse or in the government house, with the Word of God. It's to be astonished. Fear mingled with admiration, that reverential fear. As we see what the psalmist is writing, my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I want us to notice the word heart as well. The psalmist didn't say my head. The heart is different than head. And I'll get back to this in just a moment. There's too many Christians that decide whether or not they're going to obey God's word or whether or not it makes sense to them. Friend, if everything God said made sense to you and I, that would be a little God we serve. Well, God is so big that there has to be trust. There has to be faith. When I read what God has put in His Word, I'm in awe. My heart, that awe comes about from heart to head, not head to heart. The heart, that seat of emotion, where that, that when we hear and we see what God has done and that, that reverential fear that we have because of who God is, because of the word he's written, there's a, there's a fondness for it, there's a passion for it, there's a fear for it, there's a respect for it. That goes from our heart to our head. There's too many today that says, well, the, the word of God, the Bible doesn't make sense to me. Therefore, they're not in awe of it. Well, friend, this is the word of God and in awe of thy word. We ought to be in awe because of who wrote it. 
What's so special about thy word? Because it's thy word. Because it's the word of God. It is, we ought to be in awe because of who wrote it. Think about when you read these words, this will help you when you hear it preached. It'll help you when you start your day with it. It'll help you when you hear it quoted, when you quote it. The Spirit of God brings a verse to mind. The words that you read are not man's words, they're God's word. And to think when you open it, it is the Almighty God who put the stars in place. It's the Almighty God who wrote the laws of science. It's the Almighty God who's bigger than all of this put together. It is the Almighty God who is writing, who is speaking to you. There are things that He wants you to know. There are things that He wants you to read. Friend, we approach this book, it should not just be, well, it's my reading time like it's a school assignment. Well, it is something that I have to do. No, it is the words of God. We ought to be in awe when we read it because it's God's words. We ought to be in awe because of its power. This book is sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing asunder the soul and the spirit. Boy, this book is a powerful book. Boy, I've... Those, most of you know that I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty avid reader. I like to read, and, and I, I can tell you some books that after I read them, I was like, not only was that a good book, but th that's a book that I learned some things from, and I grasped some things, but there's nothing that compares to the Word of God. There's nothing that compares to Thy Word. We ought to be in awe of because of His power. Friend, this book transforms. Well, you want to you have a change in life? Get in the Word of God. You want to have victory in your life? Get in the Word of God. Get under it. Get in it. Let it be preached to you. You read it on a day-to-day -day basis. You meditate on it. You memorize it. You quote it. The Word of God will be in awe because of what it will do. You want to be changed? You can go to a thousand self-help classes. You can go to a thousand community meetings. And it will not help you like the Word of God will help you. We will be in awe because of its power to transform, to calm. You ever get anxious? You ever get nervous? You ever get worried? You ever get irritated? You know what will calm you better than a pill? That book right there. The Word of God has a supernatural calming effect. How many in their darkest hours or how many when they've got tragic news? How many when, they, when their heart was broken? Just the very words of Psalm 23 has brought calmness and peace. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How many times have those words been stoke, uh, spoken at a funeral service or at a graveside? When, when, when life is turned upside down, there's a calming effect because of His power. We ought to be in awe because the Word of God can do what man's words cannot do. But it also has the power to convict. You know why a lot of men don't like the Word of God? Because it convicts them. I've read a lot of books, but haven't felt convicted. With the Word of God, sometimes just seeing it convicts you. Sometimes just hearing the words convict you. We ought to be in awe because of who wrote it. We ought to be in awe because of its power. We ought to be in awe because of its effect. The, the Word of God does not leave you without affecting you. That's why, why parents keep your children in a Bible-preaching church. You make sure the Word of God is read and taught in your home and 
Don't take your kids to a church because of a program. Take them because of the Word of God. Because it will affect them. It will stay with them. Friend, if you're looking for a church I would, and you're not a child, I would encourage you, choose a church based on the Word of God that's preached. Because it affects you. Jeremiah 23, 29 says, Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Boy, the word of God will stir your soul like nothing else will. The word of God will break a hard heart like nothing else will. Boy, we ought to be in awe because of its effect. Psalmist writes, in, I'm in, My heart is in awe of thy word. As we continue in these verses we read this morning, there's a few things that I'd also like to point out about being in awe of thy word, further illustrating why we should be in awe of the word of God. Aren't you thankful for the word of God? I I don't understand these so-called, I say so-called because they are so-called churches. Do we have to get lessons from Hollywood to teach? They have to find find, uh, lessons from from some other book to teach. Well, the word of God is all that we need. Notice verse 162. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Number one, as we consider what it means to be in awe of thy word, there are great treasures in thy word. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. If you found a treasure, how would you respond? You'd be pretty happy, wouldn't you? You'd be pretty excited, wouldn't you? You found out that you were going to inherit a great treasure. God help the person that crosses your path and says, how's it going? Anything new. Because you talk about it. Why? Because it's a great treasure. We found something that has great value. We have something that has enriched our life. And even if it was by ourselves, we would rejoice in it. We would, we, would, we would have praise because of it. Why? Because a treasure has been found. Friend, you and I should act a little more like we have a great treasure in the Word of God. Because there are great treasures in thy Word. There are great treasures, friend, throughout the centuries. Men have died for this book. Why? Because of great treasure. As their homes burnt down, they could grab just one item. What they grab, they grab the word of God because it's a treasure. There are those who don't have, the, have had, not had the privilege of having the Bible would just hold on to a page of Scripture and pull it out as they can read it and put it away. Why? Because it's a great treasure. And, friend, we need to be reminded that thy word, there's a great treasure in there. What treasures are in the Word of God? How valuable is direction when you don't know which way to go? How much would you pay for direction when you've had your heart broken? How much would you pay for direction? How valuable is knowing this is what I should do when my life's been turned upside down? Well, that's a great treasure. It's found in the Word of God. What other treasures are in the Word of God? Hope. Hope. You know what keeps you going? Hope. You know what will keep you from giving up? Hope. 
There are times when all seems hopeless. Your life seems hopeless. I, I don't know if I'll ever smile again. I don't know if I'll make it through the next day. I don't know that if our nation, our nation is hopeless. My family is hopeless. This person I love is hopeless. My future is hopeless. And we can feel that way. But friend, if you open the word of God and you read about the greatness of God, the goodness of God, that blessed hope that Christ is returning one day, friend, when there is no reason to have hope, you find it in the word of God. And what it will do, it will keep me going another day. And I can find hope the next day. And I find hope the next day. I'm reminded my hope is not in this world. My hope is not in man. My hope is not in some system, in some religion. My hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know where I'm reminded of that? In thy word. You know where I, I, I see that? In thy word. And friend, how, how, much, how, how, how valuable is that? How much treasure is that when you have no hope to be able to say, I found it. I can rejoice. I don't know how it's coming or when it's coming, but I know he'll provide it. Well, we, the great treasure is faith that we find in thy word. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. You know how we have Christians with such weak faith? Because they're not in the treasure book. Because they're not in thy word. Well, I just don't have the faith. Get in the book. Well, how do I have more faith? Through the Word of God. If you're a child of God this morning and you want to have greater faith in your Christian life, Pastor, I wish I could have the faith that you have. Well, I didn't just get the, my faith from Walmart last night. I didn't find it buried in my backyard. You can get faith the same place I get faith, from the Word of God. And that's where all faith comes from. All faith comes from thy Word. If you want your faith to grow, get in the book. You want more faith that, 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 that there's hope and you want more faith in, in, in what to do in your life and, and to grow as a Christian, you got to get in the book. How much value is there in having faith? Boy, the other great treasure in thy word is understanding. book of Proverbs talks much about understanding. So I'm confused about the things that are going on in this world. You don't have to be because understanding is found in thy word. But, Pastor, I'd like to know why God allowed this. Is that in there? I'd like to know why he let tragedy come to my home. I'd like to know why he let a burden come to my life. I, I want to know why he let hardship come. Well, I find that in the pages of Scripture. What you'll find is the understanding that God's grace is sufficient. What you'll find is the understanding that his ways are above our ways. I don't have to find my story on the pages of Scripture. And this is exactly why this happened to you. And this is exactly why you're going through this. All I've got to read and know is that I have a God who's never been surprised by anything. I have a God who nothing happens without his signature signing off on him. I have a God who says, I'll let this come in. But I also have that same God that says, I'll strengthen you. I'll give you enough, enough grace to endure it. I'll give you enough grace to, to bear it. I have a God who explains all that to me. I find understanding. Why are we at all God's word? Because there are great treasures in God's word. Number two, we look at verse 163. I hate and abhor lying. We know that the psalmist was not a politician. He says, I hate and abhor lying. But thy law do I love. Number two, truth is found in thy word. 
Listen very carefully at this statement. Thy word is truth. And all other thoughts, ideas, philosophies, and beliefs must be compared to it. You know why this world scoffs at the Bible? Because they compare the Bible to their truths. They compare the Bible to their thoughts. They compare the Bible to their ideology. That's why our society scoffs at it and mocks it and makes fun of it and belittles it because they have set themselves up as the standard of truth and they have set themselves up as the standard of what's right. And my philosophy is what I live by. And friend, if you're not careful, even as a child of God, it'll creep into your life and in your home. Well, I, I know what I think and I know what my opinion, but and I've, had, I've had Christians say this to me. I know what the Bible says, but this is what I think. Friend, no disrespect, but I don't care what you think. You shouldn't care what I think. What does God think? What has God said? Truth is found in thy word. I love my country, but when our government is different than what the word of God says, the Bible's not wrong. The Bible's not outdated. And when the Bible says that, that marriage is between a man and a woman, let me tell you what marriage is. It's between a man and a woman. It doesn't matter what society thinks or how woke this world is. Truth is found in this book. And quite frankly, a lot of Christians would be better off if they quit getting their truth from social media, quit getting their truth from the internet, quit getting their truth from conservative talk radio, and get it from the Word of God. Because all other philosophies must be compared to it. The psalmist says, I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. If a thought contradicts thy word, it is a lie. Let me help some of you this morning. Sometimes you, you sense it and you see it. I'll say, Christian or not, if somebody's saying this or doing this, they're a liar. I'll say it from the pulpit or I'll say it face to face. And you cringe at that. You say, I, I, I don't believe there anything that's contrary to this book is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Well, I think you can get to heaven this way. If it doesn't say it in the book, it's a lie. Well, I think this is the way a home should be. If it's contrary to this book, it's a lie. If a thought contradicts the word, it is a lie. If somebody says there's a different way to get to heaven, then I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Who's lying, Jesus or them? I'll stick with Jesus. You mean over the Pope? Especially against the Pope. If he says there's a different way, he's a liar. That felt good. Let me say it again. The Pope's a liar. The Catholic Church is a bunch of liars. So I don't think you should say that. I didn't say it. I hate and abhor lying. But that law do I love. If you're going to love truth, you've got to hate the lie. And there's too many Christians holding hands with lies... And it reveals you don't love the truth like you ought to love the truth. If a thought enters my mind, no matter how much I justify it, if it's contrary to thy word, the lies in my head, not on the pages of Scripture. Number, well, I got more time than I thought. Let me continue in that. When it comes to your life, the philosophy of this world will tell you how to live, what to pursue. If it's not 
in thy word, it's a lie. Don't you sense the frustration in our nation as we, we consider politics and we're just tired of everybody lying to us? You look at Congress in an all-time low approval rating. While we're tired of them saying, if you elect us, we're going to do this, and they do the opposite. You look at the media, and their approval rating is lower than Congress. You know why? We're just tired of people lying to us. I wish we would get just as fed up with people lying to us when we consider, quote, unquote, Christian books. When we consider these charlatans that will bring you a different doctrine through their religious teachings. Well, they're sincere. There are people who will lie to you through that television camera, and they got, they're from a news source, and they believe what they're saying. They believe it. They're wrong, but they believe it. It doesn't matter if they're sincere. It doesn't matter what their motive is. If it's contrary to this book, it's a lie. If it's contrary to the Word of God, it's a lie. You and I should understand that truth is found in thy Word. So I don't want to be a liar to you. I hope you don't. So how do I know I'm telling the truth if I'm sticking with that? Well, things in this world are changing. Truth doesn't change. Does not change. Does not change. Number three, look at verse 164. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Number three, thy word leads to praise of God's judgments. Thy word leads to praise of God's judgments. I'm assuming you know that our God is a perfect God. I'm assuming you know that the Almighty has never made a mistake. Not only has he never made a mistake, he's incapable of making a mistake. I'm assuming you know that what God does is perfect. You know, I'm thankful that before God acts and moves and allows things in our life, takes things out of our lives, that he doesn't pass out a survey and say, I'd just like to get everybody's opinion. God's judgments are perfect. And we consider his judgments, praise should come from that. Quite, quite frankly, you and I need to be reminded of the perfection of the word of God. The perfection of his judgments. Well, Pastor, it just sounds like you don't put much stock and you don't have a very high opinion of man's opinion. I was hoping that would come across. Quite frankly, we think too much of our opinion. And the opinion we have should be based on God's opinion. Where would you be without God's word? You'd be lost on your way to hell without the word of God. Likely you wouldn't have the home that you have. 
likely you wouldn't have the peace that you have. Quite frankly, without the instruction of God's word, every one of us would have made a mess of our life. Or should I say a bigger mess of our life. But because in my dark hour, faced with not knowing what to do, knowing if I would survive, I could go to God's judgments. It was His judgments that preserved me. It was His judgments that gave me hope. It was His judgments that I trusted. Friend, we can all say God's been better to us than we deserve. We can all say we're here by the grace of God. Friend, I think we ought to get in the habit of praising God for His Word. I praise God for His answer to prayer. You know where I find out about prayer? In His Word. You know where I get the faith to pray? From His Word. You know where I get the confidence that He'll answer? From His Word. Well, I thank God. And if, you, if your children are, are serving the Lord, growing and serving the Lord today, you ought to thank God for that. You ought to thank God that you had confidence in this book to instill the judgments and instill the truths and to hold God's Word in its right place in their hearts and minds. And you ought to give glory to God for that. And friend, no matter where you are in life, no matter what you're facing today, no matter what things you're going through, you'd be much better off without His judgments. And I think we ought to get in the habit of praising God for His Word. Boy, praise is inevitable when considering that Word. And then number four, look at verse 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and a few things shall offend them. Oh, that's not what that says. And nothing shall offend them. Number four, very simply, peace comes from thy word. Listen very carefully to me. If you'll allow me to, this will help you. Peace in your life is not determined by what other men do. Peace is not determined in your life by what takes, goes, takes place in this world. We live in a world there's always going to be turmoil. How can you have such peace about that? You, you, you face this heartache and you face this tragedy. Your life is turned. How can you have peace about that? Because it's not determined by anything but his word. So, Pastor, I wish it was that simple. I didn't say it was easy, but it is that simple. It's not easy because even when we're reading his word and we're depending on his word, we have our doubts and our fears and, and our lack of understanding that creeps in. It's a matter of, am I going to trust what I'm thinking or am I going to trust what God says? Am I going to trust how I feel about the situation or am I going to trust what God says? Am I going to trust what somebody else told me or am I going to trust what God says? And it comes down to having that peace in what God says. Notice verse 165. Great peace have they. Don't you want to have peace? This world is looking for peace. Don't you want to have peace? Pastor, I just don't have peace. Well, verse 165 says, great peace have they. Okay, if I want peace, the Bible's telling me, have they? They're going to have something that's going to bring peace. What do they have? Which love thy law. Well, you love thy law, you're in awe of thy word. In awe of who wrote it. I love this Bible not just because of what it does for me, but because of who wrote it. Wait, I'm in awe of thy word because of what is done for me. I love it because of what is done for me. Well, I have peace, those that love thy law. And by the way, you shouldn't love anything above the word of God. You shouldn't. You shouldn't love anything above the word of God. And notice, and nothing shall offend them. 
What is the Bible saying? We talk about that offense or being offended or having a stumbling block placed in our life because we're a, we've had an offense against us. I'm going to shut out the world for right now and just speak to Christians. There's too many Christians going through life offended. Well, I'm offended. Well, I'm offended. Well, I got offended. Let me help you with something. People offend. And just just say, so-and-so offended me, I promise you, this is going to be hard for you to digest. But I'm going to give it to you anyway. There's somebody walking around saying, you offended them. Well, how did I offend them? You exist. It don't take much to offend somebody. Sometimes just living and breathing offends somebody. And nothing shall offend them. You think about what man is capable of. Man is capable of the vilest evil. Man is cruel. Man is evil. Man tries to hurt. And by the way, should not be true inside the church doors. We should, especially with a household of faith, do our best to not be offensive. And if you're always offended, you're offensive. People shouldn't have to walk on eggshells around you. What mood are they in today? Well, that's not my personality. Get in the book and change it. Change it. Well, I'm tired. Everybody's tired today. You do have to be more cautious when you don't feel good, when you're tired. But my Bible says nothing shall Offend them. Why? Because great peace comes. I'm more concerned with what God has said than what some other man has said. I'm more concerned with pleasing God than with anyone else. There's too many Christians offended or they get offended or they give offense because you're more concerned about what somebody you go to church with thinks than you are what God thinks about you. Let me rephrase that. You're more concerned with what somebody you go to church with thinks about you than what God knows about you. We're more concerned with man's opinion, and and I I don't want to get offended. Hey, people are going to say things they shouldn't say. They're going to think things they shouldn't think. They're without even trying. We can be offended by somebody, but if I love this book, this book tells me to forgive before an offense is even made. This book tells me to consider everyone with an even eye and to overlook uh, uh, offenses that come to me. This Bible tells me how to act, how to respond. And if I'm truly in love with this book, I'm in love with the God of this book, the judgments of this book, it doesn't matter what you do or what you say, I should be more concerned so that nothing shall offend me. It doesn't mean there's never an offense done. Well, Pastor, I wish I lived a life like you where nobody ever tried to hurt your feelings. Have you not been paying attention? Everybody... There are people who are in the, in the ministry of discouragement. As soon as they see something's good is going on for somebody else, it's like, well, i got to put a stop to that. God has called. I liken it to walking around with a big bucket of cold water. As soon as somebody starts praising God, it's like, I'll be right there to fix that. Well, you can still praise God wet. 
You can still rejoice in what God has said, no matter what somebody else thinks. I'm more concerned about God's opinions than man's. I trust God's justice. It's not up to me to make it even. I trust his justice. Pastor, that's easy, easy to say. Well, it is easy to say. Easier to say than do. I agree with that. I'm not disputing that. But because I've read this book, I know the God of this book, I've just determined that I'm going to trust God's justice in dealing with man and others dealing with me. Well, life's not fair. Nobody ever said it would be. But God's a just God. I've decided I want to trust God's justice. You know what? I'm a lot less offended if I just say, well, God will work that out. Pastor, you've gotten to a place where nobody ever tries to take advantage of you. Oh, people try to take advantage of me all the time. And if I focused on that, I'd get offended. I'd have a stumbling block. But as I read this book, it ain't about me. It's about him. It's not about you. It's about him. It's not about us. It's about him. And we would be better off, we just come, we'd get to come to a place where we trust God's justice. That person who wronged you, God will take care of it. What has this book told you to do? It's told you to forgive. Well, I, I, I just don't think that was handled properly. I just think there ought to be a bigger problem. Well, God's already established what is just and what's unjust. It's not up to you. It's not up to me. I trust his justice. Let me give you the conclusion very, very quickly. We see in the last few verses, look at your Bible, verse 166. Lord, I have hope for thy salvation, watch this, and done thy commandments. He doesn't say, I've known your commandments. I've done them. Verse 167, my soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. Verse 168, I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies. Commandments, testimonies, precepts, all words for, for God's word. Notice what it said. I've done them. I've kept them. I've kept them. You know why some Christians aren't in awe of God's word? Because you're not obeying God's word. Well, I, I know... And, and there's a problem when Christians get together and they try and get a game plan to circumvent God's word when they come see the pastor. Or they want to justify their way of not obeying God's word. It's a disrespect to the word of God. I have done them. You know what If you sit here this morning and you say, Pastor, I, I hear everything you're saying. I, I agree with it. I believe it. I want to have awe. Obey leads to awe. Awe leads to obedience. If you get a hold of the fact that God wrote this book and God's commands to you, it's not man's command to you, it's not somebody else, it's, it's the Almighty God. And I have to do what He says. Boy, I'm discouraged today, but I have a God who's given me what I need to help me in my discouragement. Well, maybe this morning you're convicted and 
You know that you're a sinner. You know that there's a payment for that sin, and you don't know what to do about it. You've tried religion. You've tried church. You've tried everything you can try, but you just don't have that peace in your heart. Let me tell you, God has told you what to do in this book. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Well, you can have salvation. You can have forgiveness for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God has given you the answers. God has given you the direction. Friend, if you're a new Christian today, you've been saved but a short time, say, what do I do next? He's given you the steps. He's given you the commands. We ought to be in awe of the fact that we have a God who gives us what we need to meet the needs of every man. To have the benefits of God's word, you must obey God's word. It comes back to obedience. How can we say we're in awe of thy word if we ignore it. How can we say we're in awe of God's word if we disobey it? Think about that. Well, I love my Bible and I'll fight for the Bible. Let's just try obeying it. Well, I'll never give my Bible up. Well, if you're not obeying it, You've already given it up. It's, it's this simple, not easy, simple. In awe of thy word. We need a revival amongst Christians. And this is a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. We stand on the word of God. But even in the Emmanuel Baptist church, if I believe we love the word of God, we believe the word of God. We preach the word of God. We need to be reminded it's about us living the word of God. And too many Christians are getting sucked into all these deeper things. Well, we haven't even conquered. We haven't even mastered the most basic commands of scripture. So, Pastor, what do you want from your people? Just to obey the Bible. Just to live the Bible. Well, what else? There is nothing else. That's it. I pie every once in a while, but according to living, that's it. The Word of God. How can I be a success in my life? Obey the Word of God. When's the last time that you are reading the Word of God and you just had to stop? And it wasn't just that routine. You should get into a routine. Was a little more than that. God put that there for me. There's my hope. Well, there's been times in my life when the Bible was open, stayed open to one verse of Scripture, and all I could do is read that verse of Scripture over and over and over again. What was it? I was in awe of a God. Who put something in his word that would get me through my trials. That would remind me that I'm saved. Give me hope when it was hopeless. Give me courage to face the battle. To give me understanding of why certain things have happened certain ways. Not a detailed explanation like we demand from God. But just knowing that he knows. And I have a God. I don't even have to know why. I just got to follow his direction the treasures that are here.
Friend, this morning, are you in awe of God's Word? Are you in awe of it? This morning, if you've never been saved, will you have a God who loves you enough that He, through His love, put on the page of Scripture how you can have forgiveness of your sins? Christian, are you burdened down today? Pastor, I just, if I had some understanding, I know the Apostle Paul asked God three times, would you remove this from my life? And God says, I'm not going to. But I'll tell you this, my grace is sufficient. So that's not the answer I wanted. But friend, let me tell you from somebody who's had to live that, as just about everybody in here probably has, knowing, I'd, I'd rather him say, well, this is the reason why I'm going to do this, but to have him say, you know, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to tell you why. When you need my strength, you can have it. I'm in awe of that. In awe of thy word. Father, I pray this morning that